Thank you for tuning in this week. This is the second half of our interview with Nadine from Black Swamp Paranormal. Hope you enjoy the show. And remember, please, wherever you listen to the show, hit that subscribe button. And please give us a five-star rating review. It really means a lot to us. And enjoy the show. around it mm-hmm. but i mean i have no i don't know why yeah they're just feelings i mm-hmm. get you think maybe like your spirit guides were sheltering you from that or whatever was attached to it i've been told that at any given time people have seen four angels around me and i thought that was pretty cool but i wish they would you know kick butt a little more when i'm out and getting attacked yeah right. <laughs> exactly I have always wanted to see an angel. I did. <gasps> tell us, tell us, tell us. Um, I love angel stories. Okay, it was back in 1994. 93 or 94, and John was in Korea. And I had been through a rough spot. Um, our car broke down. I had no car. I had to go buy another car. Fortunately, this soldier was very kind and sold it to me for $400. All the members of my church, they just fixed it and didn't charge me. And um, so I was playing softball. You know, it was a fun league of softball. And um, I got injured. So I'm like, my arm is bent from above my elbow down all the way out to my fingers. I'm covered in plaster. And um, it's like, I'm a mess. And I was at the hospital that night before they did all all of that and I was in a lot of pain and I had just been constantly saying you know I can't do this I can't do this I can't do this well I guess it was 17 weeks later I was back in the ER and I had kidney stones or gallstones they were so bad I was in so much pain nothing was touching it and I just was I literally prayed you know God please please make this go away and I kid you not, and this was well before Supernatural. Remember this as I'm telling you this story, okay? This this being about six foot tall appears in front of me that's got brilliant light behind it. And it looks like you or me. And it's got a white shirt on. And I'm not kidding. I do not make this up. It had a tan trench coat on. And years later, when I'm sitting there watching Supernatural and that character, Cass, appears, I just sat there and thought... No. But, I mean, it was they were just standing there, and they reached out, and they touched me. And I could hear in my head, it's going to be all right now. And for the first time in, you know, days, I didn't have pain. Oh. That's a miracle. But, it, but you know, John, I think he thinks I'm a little, you know, unbalanced there, because he's not sure what to think about seeing angels. Why? I don't know. I mean, we're into the paranormal. I don't know, but I've seen them. I've seen brilliant lights down at Flight 93 Memorial Museum. It's very hard for me to go there. I have never been. That's one of the places I want to go. It is so hard. You can't help but feel just the minute you, the closer you get there, the closer you get there, just even being a person who's not receptive to things, Mm -hmm. you walk away feeling very 
exhausted, very yeah. just not the same. But I was looking at the, the crash site. You go past the wall with all the names on it, and there in the snow was a heart, and it said, we will not forget. Okay. I was almost in tears at that point. I mean, I literally was almost mm -hmm. in tears because it was hard just to be there. And I could feel just the, the pain and the loss. And I looked out across that field, and I saw, like, just, like brilliant white kind of light figures in the woods. Mm. Oh my gosh. Then later on I was reading about how the workers who got there after the crash had seen angels and they had a picture and it was in the exact same spot. Oh, oh my god, that's so cool. I love angel stories. So I've seen I've seen two. Wow. Think about how many angels maybe we've encountered but didn't know. You know, somebody who's kind to you or stops to help, you know, change a tire or whatever. I, th I think that's true. I think it happens more than we know. Like there's a story of a little boy they said on one show where uh, a kindly old man let him out of the woods. Yeah. And he had been lost. Mm -hmm. And he let him out of the woods and he took him out of the woods and there he was at the edge of his backyard. And he turned around to thank him and he was gone. Yeah. Well, that's what happened to me in Hocking Hills. Really? Yeah, I was four or five years old and we were hiking. My whole family was there. And I stepped off a cliff, and this guy appeared out of nowhere. And I remember what he looked like. He had a black and red flannel-type shirt on, um, bell-bottom jeans, because it was the 70s, um, kind of like a, a brown fro and, like, glasses. And he smiled, and he grabbed my hand and pulled me back on the trail. And when they, we all turned around, he was gone. There was nowhere he could went. So what, do you, what, what do you think, like, an angel just looks like a person? Yeah. I think well, that's they would how come to you. They would. I mean, even though you've seen the other style, but they would come to you in the form that you recognize, in the form that you're not afraid of. Yeah. Right. Because if they came into a, as a form of a big blob or whatever, you'd be like freaked out. But if they came in a form that doesn't scare you, then you wouldn't be freaked out. I agree. Because in a case like that, what if it was an angel and it came to her as a bright, shiny light, and it would have freaked her out? She probably would have fell. She was a child, yeah. yes. Yeah. I still, I mean, to this day, remember him. Remember him and remember that face. He yeah. was so kindly. It reminded me of Jesus. I don't know why, but he had like a 70s fro. <laughs> and you don't, and you never forget it. And you know how your yeah. memories from childhood, it's easy to forget things, mm -hmm. the fine detail, but then there's things that you never forget. That's where it kind of all started, that whole journey of, like, what else is out there and, you know, what's the mystery and what's the, um, uh, you know, the intrigue of it all. I, I never have lost that quest to discover something new or learn something new or try to find what's out there. Right. I would agree. You know, I didn't come from that perspective, though. I came from, I had been terrified as a child yeah. seeing things. But what pushed me back into it was 1991 and 92 when we had moved down to Kentucky and we had experienced that, whatever it was, that terrorized us. And um, I don't know how, but I forgot about it for years. Oh, yeah. 
and then something triggered it. Like I was so, you know, just tormented by it that I guess I just had to forget it to be able to get past it. Mm -hmm. And then it was years later I remembered it. And then I had to deal with it all over again. But that's what got me in the paranormal because I thought, well, you know what? If it's going to come after me, well, then I'm going to have to figure this out. Yeah. What do you think it was? Honestly, I I know it had paranormal abilities. And yet at the same time, I know it had flesh and blood. You know, there's no way it could have left you know, claw marks, scratches, and paw marks on the back of our trailer, but then have no footprints. Yeah. Unless it was paranormal. And I think it had everything to do with, um, John had some friends and they had been in some caves. And I think that's what started it. The caves were old and they had drawings in them. And some of them clearly were teenagers and stuff. But you come to a point where you couldn't go any farther back. And, and you wonder if there's a reason for that. Yeah. You know, it just kind of closed off. It was too narrow to get through. It was collapsed in. Maybe there's a reason for that. And maybe they offended something. And then when we buried the dog, we thought we were helping the dog by burying this poor dog that had died right next to the woods. Okay. And then it disappeared the very next day along with the dirt. Really? There's just a hole. No dog, no dirt. Yeah, and then everyone would go up there. The kids would go up there and stand there because it was the only cold spot. And you could go up there on a hot day and stand there and it would be a cold spot. And it was right after all that. Wow. That is cool. And you don't think it was like a skinwalker type thing or an elemental? or? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know how to, to quantify what that was because... At first, I thought it was a skinwalker, mm-hmm. and they're associated with mounds. And I mean, we were literally right at the bottom of the Trail of Tears, where we were living, and we yeah. did not live far from the park. So, it stands to reason that you're on land that once belonged to someone else. And when you go and look, actually, this is very ironic. When you go and look on Google Maps. The area where I encountered this thing mm-hmm. is blacked out. Oh. The woods it came from is yeah. completely blacked out on Google Maps, and everything around it is all there. But the woods where mm-hmm. it came from is completely blacked out on Google Maps. <laughs> wow. And it's, if that hadn't happened, I would have just assumed it was something in there maybe you're not supposed to see. But yeah. that kind of makes me think they know something. Yeah. Because I know the police did. Uh-huh. They stood there and said, oh, I don't think that's what you saw. That's not what you saw. No, I. they know. They know. Yeah. And it goes back to the same thing we were talking about earlier on the shows. You had physical evidence. You had the scratches. You had the footprints, the dents, you know. Then I remember you telling us a story about the scratches and everything. It's like, that's a physical thing. A spirit may scratch people, but... That's a physical thing. It takes something solid to make those marks. Right. Right. And so, I mean, you're clearly dealing with something that has the ability to be flesh and blood and to be able to move 
a mobile home by pushing on it. I mean, you're talking about something with a great deal of force. Mm-hmm. And then it just vanishes? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But I've seen stories, other people's stories, who encounter red-eyed wolves that vanish. Upright red, red-eyed wolves. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to myself, I would love to speak with these people. Yeah. And I had the almost had the opportunity to talk with a woman whose story was on television. They encountered like six or seven of them, and it was on one of those paranormal shows. And I had reached out to her because hers was so similar. Hmm. And we had talked for a little bit, but it was just too hard for her to discuss it. And these things were real. They were they had hair, they had masks, they were right there. <laughs> And the only way this guy was going to be able to, to shoot these to defend himself was to go from his house to the barn. And he never made it. He ran back into the house after being confronted by them at his truck. Okay. Because they were going to try and leave. He dropped his keys. He reached down to get his keys. He turned around and there were five or six of them. Oh, wow. And they were literally like as close to as you and I are right yeah. now. So he, they went back into the house. And they slept, and during the night, they could hear them. Eventually, they ended up leaving. It was on a ranch, and it was out in, I want to say it's out in Utah. I think it was Utah. Yeah. But she just, she was forever changed by that. Yeah. I guess you would be. You know, I mean, see something that doesn't really exist standing there in front of you it's like you can't explain what the heck it is well how do you rationalize that yeah your whole life your parents tell you it doesn't exist yeah and there it is standing in front of you and Mm -hmm. your head can't and it's not an apparition it's an actual physical being right and then it starts hitting you after you get away from it you move away from it a little well if that's real what else is Mm -hmm. yeah because you hear stories of vampires in Louisiana, people encountering them. Mm-hmm. So how can you say that's not true? Yeah. Because I saw, well, for all intents and purposes, what's a werewolf? Yeah. He's for sale. He's so, five dollars. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that the reality of what we live in is not what our parents told us. Yeah. I think there's stuff out there that... So many people don't know about. Mm -hmm. I mean, legends go back thousands of years. Just like the Bigfoot legend. I've seen Bigfoot um, carved into lamps from 8,000 years ago in Japan. Yeah. And and then you think about dragons, too. Yeah. How many societies that never encountered each other have the same representation of a dragon? Oh, yeah. I mean, that goes back like quite a quite a quick, I can't say his name, but the the uh, feathered serpent. Yeah. It's all, it's an Aztec, it's in Peru, it's all over the world, and they say these people never talk to each other. Right, but they've got the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're seeing the same things. Yeah, and they're carving the same thing in their temples and in their pyramids and stuff like that. Exactly, but I think the, I think the question that floors people when I ask them is, I say, well, okay, you believe in this and you believe in that. Well, let me ask you this: What if it's all connected? 
and you can see their brain working, mm -hmm. you know, thinking, well, nobody's ever asked me that. How do I feel about that question? Yeah. But what if it is? Yeah. What if it's all connected? Yeah. And like, people that have, say they've been abducted, they experience Bigfoot sightings. They experience poltergeist activity, all that. And it's basically three different things, but a lot of people that experience that stuff have the same experiences, whether it is poltergeist in their house, uh, seeing Bigfoots, or aliens. Do you think they get marked, like people get marked and then these things I think on so. the other side can see that light or that, that marking? I do. Mm -hmm. I do. Like, uh, there was a movie called Odd Thomas where they were talking in the movie about how once these things know you can see them, mm -hmm. they'll never leave you alone. Yeah. And I think that's true. Mm -hmm. And you can't turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people say, well, how do I make this go away? <laughs> you don't. Uh-huh. I've talked to people that had um, abductions, and they were, like, so scared <laughs> in their abductions and all that, and they say that the aliens said, well, you weren't scared all the other times. So they've been being abducted since they were kids, you know? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's like that... Uh, Encounters of the Fifth Kind, that yeah. movie that was based on a true story up in mm -hmm. Alaska. Yeah. And they showed the actual footage of this big disc saucer going over this woman's house after her daughter appeared. And I don't think they ever found her daughter. Really? Yeah, she was a psychologist or something who was seeing patients who were all talking about owls and stuff. And yeah. she brought someone in to do these sessions to get them to remember. Mm -hmm. And she never believed in that. And then in the end, yeah, she did. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a creepy story. Yeah. You know, I watched it, and I'm just sitting there at the end going, wow. <laughs> the more you look into the paranormal, the more it looks back. Right. But I have stopped. I have stopped looking for answers, though, regarding uh, the dogmen because I don't want to. I don't want to have that be something that follows me. No. I'd like to just move on from it mm -hmm. and do my best. Now, when I'm in the woods, I don't do that great. Yeah. If you see me in the woods, they, <laughs> that probably be a sign of the end times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something always eerie when you, when it comes to like wood, wooded areas, mm -hmm. forests, like the place that Joe had his experience, the Black Cross. The Black Cross, yeah. We were hearing babies crying. We heard voices. We felt that the trees were staring at us and all this kind of stuff. And then I look into it because we've never been there before. And I looked into it and everything that we experienced, people have been experiencing there for years. They say they hear babies crying. Now, it's not a cemetery where babies were buried. It was a cemetery where the migrant workers during the yellow fever were buried. Wow. But and yet now, they hear babies crying, and I actually had a apparition jump out of the woods at me that I saw. There's a stump, like a four-foot stump with a bow on it. And I was like, oh, look at that. There's a stump with a bow. I turned to talk to Jen, and I turned back, and it was a guy jumping out of the woods at me wearing a gray pants, like wool pants. He had a red shirt on. And his face was ashen, and he looked 
I don't know, maybe Jewish or something like that, you know, the features. And just as fast as he was there, he vanished right in front of me and was back to that being that stump. Um, I was doing a paranormal investigation, a private one, trying to help a gentleman. He wanted to sell his business, Mm -hmm. and they had a lot of activity. And this was out near where that supper club used to be during the days of the Purple Gang. Yeah. And there's a lot of activity down there. In fact, Mm -hmm. that Ray's Garage or towing or whatever is in that very area. Yeah. Where Amy Allen had done that investigation. And um, we had opened the door to this area back here where it was just always cold and um, there were two of us there and we were doing the investigation and we were neither one of us wanted to open the door yeah and neither one of us are, are you know pansies when it comes to this type of stuff mm-hmm. but she's like you go over and open that door and I'm like oh. so I went <laughs> over and I and I very slowly reached for the door and the knob started to turn on its own and the door kind of opened uh. And there kneeling in front of me was a all-black figure that was crouched down with its elbows on its knees, and it had, like, a, a devil's face. Oh, wow. And it had, like, slanted eyes mm-hmm. that were, you know, just like a yellowy kind of cat-like kind of eyes. And it laughed, and it lunged, and as it went right by me and right by the person with me, a cold draft went through the room and the curtains all moved and we stood there and we thought do we really want to help this person <laughs> oh my goodness like an evil person was being executed and when he was shot his energies just just went boom and went and that's probably residual now what's happening and I think they can appear any way they want to. Oh yeah. I mean, you look at you look at your Bible. Your Bible says that angels and demons can appear any way they choose yeah. to appear. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if they know that you're afraid of something, they're probably going to choose that. Yeah. When Jesus reappeared to the the um, disciples, he they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him any, but he appeared to them as a physical form, not as a ball of light or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm going to say what. Yeah. I don't think that was ever a person. Mm-hmm. I've never encountered anything that was not a person until that day. And he was, that thing was so strong. Yeah. He backed himself into a closet when we we went in the next day, and I wondered why people didn't call the fire department because we had so much sage in there; it was literally rolling out the windows. <clears throat> we were like Snoop Dogg, <laughs> yeah, like we were having a oh yeah that kind of party. And we had uh, tar water, holy oil, and we were putting tar water and holy oil above the doors and crosses, and we were going room from room. You know, trying to drive it out with sage and all this stuff and then trying to seal it. And at two or three times during this investigation, two of us felt like we just literally were going to pass out. And the meters were brought over and the meters were just like up in the 30s and 40s Hmm. on the mel meter. And it, it was one of the hardest investigations I have ever done. And I think to this day... I think he's still there in yeah. that closet because we sealed him in that closet because we couldn't get rid of him. Oh, okay. And we told the guy we felt that he was the key to it. Okay. And that if we could help him, 
Maybe we could get rid of that. Yeah. He refused. He said he wanted what's I was going to say, a lot of people at those locations want those spirits there. And it's almost like um, they're entertainment. I wouldn't call that entertainment, but that's that for sure. It, yeah, it was, it was mm-hmm. not a very pleasant thing to run yeah. into. But they think of it as that's going to draw people to the location. Can you imagine the amount of energy, though, that it takes for something oh, to take a form like that, uh-huh. then lunge at you after it has just laughed in your face, this wicked laugh, and then it lunges at you and makes this big giraffe go by. And as it's going out the wall, the door literally shook. Yeah. How much energy does that take? Oh, I know. So, if they're able to do that, what else are they able to do? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Which tells me, I think this thing was there before the building was there. Okay. I don't I, think Yeah, because I was thinking maybe it was all the, the pent-up energy of all the evil things that went on there. But it if it was be. there before, who knows what. And it's all Native American land. I mean, where that is, we know for a fact that there were Native American campments there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we don't know. We know the history of the building. Mm-hmm. We know the history of the strip. We know the history of the violence and the gang activity. Mm-hmm. And, and it was literally not very far from a field where bodies used to be buried that just randomly, I don't know, owed money or whatever. You know, they just put him out there. He's not a problem. Um so I don't know. I have no idea what it was from, but I I know we didn't get rid of it. And I highly encourage this person to seek help yeah. for themselves. They said no. No. So whatever it is, I think it has a hold. It's possible, yeah. Now, maybe it went with him when he sold the building. You never know. It, yeah, it could have been part of his energy. You know, because I think on some level he didn't. Yes, he wanted to be able to sell the building, but no, he didn't want us to get rid of that that strong mm-hmm. one. All the others he didn't care about. We got rid of, we passed over, crossed over at least 10 to 11 there that wanted to go over, and you would hear them saying heaven. Yeah. And, um, but this one was, I don't know what it was. And I haven't done a an investigation, a private investigation since, because it it was so bad that I just I had to step away. Yeah. So, and I haven't done one since, and I probably should go back to it, but. Well, is it calling you? No. That's what I mean. You know, are you getting that feeling that you have to go back? No, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> but I mean, I love paranormal investigating though i love going to the locations but i'll tell you what my favorite places are the less traveled places oh yeah i think the spirits are calmer at those type of places exactly because they're not disturbed all the time yeah they're not having someone ask light up these lights every night you know yeah i agree Mm -hmm. i i agree and if you go in and you're respectful and you ask them and you're you know not going in there provoking I've been to some of the less traveled locations and had way more activity from places like that than, Mm -hmm. you know, these big places like, oh, you got to go here because this is great. A lot of the places, I don't like the fact that they advertise that they're haunted. Um, Some places even have signs out front, you know, talking about it and all that. And I think, well, wait a minute, if you have that much activity 
every single night, why are you not doing scientific stuff to where you can prove that there is an afterlife? Exactly. And then what what bothers me in, in the reference of going in to investigate a place is you can see paint on the walls and stuff, and you know that they held haunted houses there. Yeah. I don't like that personally yeah. myself. Because mm-hmm. I, I, you're feeding it. Exactly. And I think it's dangerous to feed it. It is. A lot of people don't understand what they're getting into when they get into this field, that there are things like we just talked about that can hurt you, attached to you, that you don't even know attached to you. Right. Right. And you Generali- make... Generationally, or how do you say that? Generations? Yeah. You know? Right. And then what if what if the, the spirits that actually reside there, they don't like what you're doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, they could react negatively. Yeah. Even though they're not a negative entity, they could just be so annoyed that they do something. Right. Mm-hmm. Get out of my space. Yeah. Right. I, I, I agree. I think sometimes when you're hearing people say get out, it's because they're just so annoyed. They're like, <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm done. I'm not a circus act. Get out. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons, too, why we do our investigations a certain way. We don't go in there as don't entertain us. Talk to us. Talk to them as if they're standing right in front of you because they are. I think you get more. Yeah. Like at Oglai's Village when we were back in that military building. Mm-hmm. When you just talk to them and you say, hey, um, we're just here to visit with you. And, you know, we want to know a little bit about your story. Maybe you want to tell us something. Yeah. And you get stuff. We got a lot of stuff that night. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we had those uh, little balls lighting up Cat and balls. moving. And there yeah. was nobody touching that. Yeah. And anytime you got near some of the flags, you know, things would go off. Mm-hmm. Plus, remember, uh, it started describing a flag. Yeah. Yes. You know, we asked them which army they served with. Mm-hmm. And they, you asked them to describe the color of the flag. Yeah. And they did. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even know it was there because we hadn't seen it until after we stopped. Yeah. And there it was. And that's why I like going in blind. I, d- I don't want to know about the spirits. No, I don't either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I really, what I liked about that was the level of respect that everybody who was investigating had for, you know, military artifacts. Um, memorials to you know soldiers that had passed and you know for me anytime I go to a cemetery or I'm someplace where there has been that type of activity where somebody has served and given their life for the country I always have great respect and I always thank them Mm -hmm. for doing that for us to have the freedom to come out and investigate you know I agree I agree we go out to Johnson's Island and We're very respectful, and one time we were out there, we were talking to a person who was a prisoner of war who was a surgeon there. He was the doctor for the prisoners. Oh, my gosh. And uh, we had done some checking, and one of the ones we talked to was one of the only people that they executed at that place. Oh, wow. We did some checking and found out that there was one. Mm -hmm. And we had the name on the grave, and lo and behold, that was that person. Yeah. Yeah, and if our listeners don't know, Johnson Island is a very tiny island in Ohio that had served as a Civil War uh, prison camp and um, base at one time. And there is a cemetery there, and it's 
really, really unique piece of history, like American history and war history. Right. Very cool and very haunted. Like, they've seen soldiers, apparitions, standing there. Mm -hmm. And you have to... Do you still have to pay a toll to get over the little bridge? No. <laughs> you used to have like a 50 you cent to, Yeah, you always had to pay a toll, and the toll thing would never work right. And then a, a resident would come out and open the gate. <laughs> what we had was the guards. Sometimes you get the guards that are willing to talk to you, because they're there at night to protect the property, because it's now a private island. Yeah. And... Um, one of the guards told us that most of the activity happens at night, and they see soldiers walking in there. Oh. Yeah, cool. And buildings that didn't used to be there are being referenced in EVPs and when you're talking to the spirits. And I didn't know about all of this, and then I did some research and found out that the buildings they were referencing, they were there. Oh, okay. So, I mean, because it was considerably larger than what you see today. Is that because of the housing developments? Yeah. Okay. The housing development has taken over what used to be a prisoner war camp. Okay. And that's a It's a weird island because you drive around and all of a sudden you're on the, like on the top of a big cliff. And it's like, how did, wait a minute, how did I get up here? You know? Yeah. You're driving around and, and it's easy to get lost out there. Yeah. If you're not but it's so attention. small too. Yeah. Yeah. But in, and you know it's funny because the people, they can be very friendly. Mm-hmm. Or they can be very private. Yeah. But I've never seen an in-between. I think maybe they get, being that it's a private island, but yet you're allowed to go out there, they probably get a lot of people because, you know, it's a historical place, but they get a lot of people out there that abuse the um, chance to investigate out there. Right. I do, too. And I'll tell you what, I was really worried about that location um, during all the unrest yeah you know back in 2020 i was really worried about it and we had gone out there to talk to the soldiers and we didn't tell anybody where we were going mm -hmm. and even when we were posting pictures we didn't tell where we had gone yeah because we were so afraid of vandalism mm -hmm. that we just felt it was best to protect it because could you see if people had known that oh i know during a time when uh, so many people were so angry and just wanted mm -hmm. to destroy things no i couldn't be responsible for that yeah. yeah a lot of the tombstones out there majority of them just say unknown Mhm. Mm they do mm -hmm. they do and um there's a cholera cemetery too uh, gosh, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been out there. But um, that might be the one I was talking about earlier. It, they just, yeah. The story is so sad. They paid the town drunk to just basically put these bodies in there, and they let them sit for I don't even know how many months out in the weather, out in the open, because mm -hmm. people were afraid. Yeah. And then they just paid somebody to just yep push all this dirt over and uh -huh. make it go away. Yeah. And you see things out there. John saw someone walking along the fence line through his camera. But when he put the camera down, you couldn't see it. Uh -huh. But when you put it back up, he's yeah. right there. That's incredible. Yeah, and, and I think they'll appear to you if they know you're not a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah. I think uh -huh. they pick up on vibes. Uh -huh. Oh, for sure. Do you think that two spirits can combine their energies together? I don't see why not. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, 
That would be very interesting and scary at the same time. Yeah. I don't see why they couldn't. I, I mean, just wondered if spirits see each other or if everybody, they're all on different frequencies or planes. I got one for you. Okay. We had a portal session. You know the portals you can make and you hook them up to your SB7s and you put the guitar pedals on them. Originally, no. I guess Steve Huff had made them. Okay. Well, this was back when they were just guitar pedals hooked up to amps and stuff and yeah. you had to get battery packs for them. And Well, we have one of those. And we were using it and we were at this one location and we were talking with people who were putting coal in the basement of this building to prepare for winter. Oh. You could hear them shoveling and the person yeah. that was talking to us said they had to get ready for winter and they kept telling the people to quit talking and work. <laughs> and it occurs to me, what if that's not a ghost? What if, I mean, what, clearly they wouldn't need coal yeah. for winter. So who are we talking to for 45 minutes? But it's something that they did. You know, we talk about that all the time, the residual hauntings of things that people see that are normal, everyday things that people do over and over and over. But this wasn't residual. Oh, because it spoke to you. We had whole conversations. Yeah. And then this guy came in who act, acted like the boss and told them, stop, no more talking, get back to work. And just like that. It <clears throat> so you have bosses in the afterlife. Oh, yeah, I uh, hope I'm not a, I hope I hope I'm I don't die at work. Shoveling coal. <laughs> I hate to spend eternity dressed in dirty oil clothing right. and getting sprayed with coolant. And, I don't know, my last job, I could have died and not known I was, you know, <laughs> yeah, there for a whole too. week because it pretty much was hell. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea. But, Aideen, we want to thank you for stopping by yeah. here in hell, Michigan. Hell is for... We're about ready to get the hell out of here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> no, but it's always great catching up with you guys. And if you guys do have some activity in your house and you need help, check out Black Swamp Paranormal of Northwestern Ohio. And they're on, always on our Facebook page. Yeah, so we'd like to thank everybody for listening today. And uh, like we always say, please go up on our website. We have a bunch of stuff up there. And uh, wherever you're listening to this, please hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and give us a thumbs up and a five-star rating review. And thanks for listening. We are going to leave you from hell. Oh, we're leaving hell. We're leaving hell. We're going to heaven. All right. Goodbye. It's called Toledo. Bye. 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 Baby, run.